Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. Uh, it's a special one. Uh, we're gonna be, uh, Josh and I are gonna be reviewing uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, hi guys, my name is Greg, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, bud? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, family stuff because of, you know, time of year and whatnot. But, um, you know, I'm healthy, so there's that. That's a good thing. Um, so if you didn't catch on, which is why I started off saying it, we're reviewing Rise of Skywalker. If you have not seen it, do not listen to this podcast. It is going to be very spoiler heavy. Oh, yeah. Um, for all of the Star Wars movies, just FYI. Uh, yeah, just, just, just full warning from here on out, like, we're going to discuss the movie, we're going to give our grade, like, it's going to be a big thing. And the reason that this is kind of an offshoot episode, or not, like, part of anything else specifically, and going to be uploaded on a different day, is because Star Wars is important to both Josh and I, big time. Um, I have a fucking tattoo of it. Josh has been watching since he was a kid, collecting toys. I have a shit ton of toys. Like, there's just an important franchise to us, so we wanted to dedicate a special episode to the new Star Wars movie. Um, since then, we did we technically start this podcast after Last Jedi came out? No, it was before. Or was it? <clears throat> yeah, I think we just didn't quite have like a full. I don't know. Yeah, we did. I don't know why we didn't do one for Last we Jedi, but. More adherent to our rules and we were also bi-weekly at the time that's true yeah that's very true well why don't we get started um uh i don't know where to begin on this movie because jesus christ does it just it, it 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 jumps out of a plane and is running in air before it even hits the ground and then doesn't stop after it does hit the ground um yeah, I mean, it's fucking intense yeah, it, it, the whole time. It is definitely uh, a frantic pace, but it's not a pace that you can't follow. Oh, I yeah. Again, I wasn't. I didn't dislike the pacing. Um, it was a bit. I'll say this much: it felt a lot faster than a standard Star Wars movie. A lot faster than the Last Jedi. Um, the opening sequence is, uh, is really cool because it just kind of shows mm-hmm. Kylo Ren doing his own thing. Um, I actually found out via an article that it was in the art book for Rise of Jedi that the, that red planet, reddish planet that he's on where he what? finds the mm-hmm. first, uh, Sith Wayfinder. Oh yeah. Is Mustafar. Yeah. I assumed as much. Um, I had... Yeah, I was like, I assumed as well, but so it was in the official art book that it was of the Rise of Skywalker, they confirmed like, cool. that the planet in the beginning that he is on, acquiring the Wayfinder is Mustafar. Because how many people in their yes. right mind are wanting to go, are going to want to go to Mustafar? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's. I really like the Planet of Mustafar because it looks like a fucking heavy metal cover album or album cover. Um, especially when you look at like mm-hmm. Vader's castle that he has there and shit like that. Just like that it's, it's big fucking obsidian it's dope. monolithic uh, 
intimidating thing in the landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I am kind of surprised that the movie didn't immediately say that it was Mustafar. Um, it just kind of left it up to you to be like, oh, what what planet is he on? Like, they just moved past no, it. And I get why. No. It's not that important and that you really, thought fucking I mean, Mustafar. It makes sense, and there's no reason to really dwell on it. But I think, you know, it should bear mentioning that in the opening crawl, it does state that the galaxy, there's been a mysterious transmission galaxy-wide from Emperor Palpatine stating that he's back. Uh, he's back from the dead. And Kylo Ren's like, there ain't enough room in this galaxy for me being Supreme Leader of the First Order and a relic from the past. So he's going to track him down. He's going to take him out. That's his goal in the opening shots of the movie. You see him going and just taking people in his way out to find clues and information of what he needs to get that wayfinder to find the way to where the emperor is claiming to be. Which this is like this opening sequence actually shows, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the hyperskip jump before mm, the Millennium Falcon does it. I don't think it, I don't think it I think was so much to... as a hyperskip. I think it was just because that looked like kind of like a um, similar to the Kessel uh, run. It looked like one of those mall uh, clusters. That well, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. What what I'm getting at though is that they they call the whole like maneuver of like hyperspace and then for like a brief moment and then come out of it and then hyperspace oh, yeah, skin, the... and then come out of it as hyperspace mm-hmm. skipping um which is fucking awesome by the way good i mean you know they cool. did that in the old eu books uh, but never had they done it on screen before i never read a whole lot of the eu books i i, I read like a couple and i really disliked them <laughs> i don't remember which ones i read exactly but it had a lot to do with like Luke's kids and whatnot, and I was just like, eh. Well, if you're... If um, you're so t- I stopped reading a bunch Luke of them, but... Luke had a son, and his name was Ben. I thought he had two no, kids. Han and Leia had three. I thought him and Mara Jade had two kids. Him and Mara Jade okay. had one. So you started reading okay. in the Yuzon Vong era, and a lot of those books were trash. Well, that's why I stopped reading then, because... The, I was not the a fan. Ten years before that, there was a lot of really good. So there was still a lot of bad too. Yeah. It just depends on what you picked up on. But regardless, um, yeah, like like it was just it was. I think the coolest part of of the Kylo Ren opening sequence was that it it gave us immediately what we needed to know for the rest of the film, and that was um, Palpatine's back. He's a uh, Zombie of sorts, and um, he's he's orchestrating a, a plan. Yeah, he's been orchestrating a plan. Yeah, he's he's been um, he's he's on this type of life support, uh, but he's he's alive. He's capable of coherent thought and speech and actions, and he apparently does have some control uh, of the of his powers, I guess, but. 
Yeah. Basically, his plan is he's been amassing his forces in what he calls the Final Order, and he has a fleet of Imperial-class Star Destroyers, and each one is equipped with a single cannon on the underside, in addition to all their normal armaments, that has the capabilities of a Death Star, just on a compact scale. So Yeah, which <clears throat> is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, because he had <clears throat> at least a hundred. I mean, they didn't state how many he had, but it was probably right at a hundred, if not more. And you gotta think, each Imperial class Star Destroyer or a full troop complement uh, and command crew is 37,000 plus troops. So you're looking at 3.7 million, almost 4 million troops just in those ships that he's got. He's just been waiting for the past 32 years in storyline time. Yeah. But it tells you everything you need to know because once it gets to, like once it moves past that and it just gets to Poe and, and Finn doing their little thing, like the action starts to ramp up big time and it's, it's super fun. Like they have a transmission or they, they go to a guy who has a, uh, he has information from a spy inside the first order. Yep. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's basically a chase sequence with a bunch of tie fighters chasing them a Falcon, which is super fucking nostalgic. Um, and the maneuvers that Poe is taking with the Millennium Falcon to, uh, eradicate the 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 stormtroopers or the tie fighters that are behind them is is a lot of fun dude um, i also loved <clears throat> sorry uh, i also right. i also loved the fact that you know they've got a crew on board aside outside of uh poe and chewbacca and finn you know there's maintenance crew on there they're actively making repairs the entire time all around the falcon it's just everywhere somebody's working on something it's like three or four guys easy just working on shit welding shit patching shit together you know taping this splicing that it's and i was like Oh, I love it because, you know, at this point, that ship's been through hell and back seven or eight times easy. And uh, (laughs) it was already a patchwork of things that Han had done after getting, you know, because if you see Solo before Han got his hands on the controls, that ship was pristine as hell. And, you know, it's definitely not at this point. No, it's had what three different uh radar dishes yeah this is the that we know of this is the third sensor dish maybe the fourth <laughs> no fourth sensor dish four okay because i think he knocked it off in solo and then I it mean, was knocked yeah, off in be, return yeah. of the jedi and then there was the rectangular one and now a more traditional round one back on it jesus um Right after this sequence, they go to uh, whatever planet that they're tr- that that Ray is training on. Mm-hmm. That the rest of the resistance happens to be on, which is a very small um, group at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, because a lot of them fucking got killed in Last Jedi, and um, I don't know how long is it—one year or two years—after the events of the Last Jedi. 
They don't really say. Well, no, I mean, but it had to have been. A, they didn't say in the movie, but I know before the movie that came out, they said it was going to be set either one year or two years. I can't remember. I don't which. remember. Is at least a year though, but no more than two. It's it's a significant enough amount of time to where both Poe and and Finn have newish outfits that represent their characters better. Poe was goddamn Nathan Drake from Uncharted. One hundred percent Nathan Drake. Even had the fucking ascot, man. Yeah, uh, and Finn was. Empire version of Han, or no, New Hope version of Han almost, except with a jacket instead of a vest, but he had the blue pants with the red uh, stripes down. They weren't Corellian blood stripes, they were solid, but still, it was similar enough to Han's original outfit in right. that regard. What I liked about that was it it, sh- it both showed the passage of time and that these characters had kind of come into their own by this point. Yeah. That what we had seen in Last Jedi was that growth that we needed to see them in in this film. Um, so I, I really I really dug that. Um, and it looked like that they had been constantly busy. Constantly busy. Like mm-hmm. their, their outfits both looked a little makeshift. Like they were just like, I like this thing and this thing, I'm going to slap it together. Yeah. Um, versus like a studio, or a, somebody at the studio was just like, well, I think fun Poe would done like it was. It actually felt legitimately those characters, so I really enjoyed that. But one thing about this whole scene that I'm talking about that I that kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop was we all know that Carrie Fisher has passed away a long time yeah. ago. Um, the stuff for this movie was not filmed by her for this movie. It was stuff filmed in in between. Uh, Force Awakens and stuff that was filmed during Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, because to me, uh, you know, and I know they didn't want to CGI her in, you know, they that would be uh, improper to her and to who Carrie Fisher is. Mm-hmm. Um, what they what it seemed like they did instead was, uh, superimposed her in shots, and it kind of felt like. In in a in a sort sort of way, that uh, whatever Ray was saying, they just found whatever best quote they could find from Carrie Fisher at that time as Leia to fit the scene. Like not all of them, but there were a few times where I was just like, "That was a weird response." Hmm. I but I get it. I'd have to. Go, I get why they did. I'd that. have to go back because I w- or you know I would need a specific example as to what you would think was a weird response. I don't have an exact example, but it was like the second line she said to her entirely felt kind of off, almost as if it was super cryptic. And then there was the shot where she's um she's she's looking through her books and she shows leia that she can find the sith wayfinder and uh she knows how to do it um but she needs to find it and the response that leia gives was like why didn't you just say like go <laughs> like it just seemed weird like she was like i'm not going to go without your blessing and then there was nothing and again i get why because there was no dialogue written or recorded for that so they had to do with what they had i thought um I thought the that she said you're not ready, and she's like I'm going to go, you know, 
I, w- I prefer your blessing, but I'm going to go whether you give it or not, because I know that's what you would do. And she just gave her a smile. I don't think there was a response that needed to be given after that. And I personally feel like that if Carrie Fisher was still alive and recorded that herself, the response would have been different. It have been, it have been, it have been more there. I'm not critiquing them for having what they had. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have been. It was just clear to me. It was clear how they how how they had to make it. So that's that's all I'm getting at. This is less of a critique of what they should have done or what they could have done, and more of a hey, I noticed it. I don't know. I um, don't know how much of it was scenes that they had it. <clears throat> I know that in <clears throat> interviews, JJ and uh, Ryan Johnson said that there was a bunch of stuff they filmed. Yeah, uh, like during the stuff, so that was that, like that's what we we're getting. Yeah, I that's mean, it just was all we were getting in. But it was all legitimate footage that was shot. It wasn't anything that was reworked. Right. Right. Okay. Correct. So, because okay. um, when you were saying you know was, superimposed her into scenes, I was thinking I didn't get that vibe. Because, so when, in those shots where, like, they're in the forest and Leia's standing, like, face-to-face with her, or that shot where she's showing her the book, mm-hmm. um, there really is no Leia there. She didn't film those shots before she passed away. There were, they were shots that, that she had in front of a green screen where she was communicating to somebody else. And they were going to use them for other things in Last Jedi, but then got scrapped. Okay. And then they moved those to Rose Skywalker. I so mean, there is no actual Leia or Carrie Fisher there. <clears throat> they put her in via, you know, movie magic. Okay, okay, but I mean, she actually still filmed the lines and everything. They're, well, they did. A, they did a good job, and that's the thing that was very important to a lot of people, and myself included, that the stuff they did with her was going to have to feel genuine. I and honestly, to me, like did. we're going to jump. We're jumping ahead and plot a little bit here because I need to. We're gonna, we're talking about Carrie Fisher, how they handled Leia's death, and how they handled that whole conversation. Um, I thought it was perfect. Um, Absolutely, legitimately, it was like I was like that shot of her laying in the bed. She's dead, and all the people standing around, and and it's somber for a minute, and the way that she kind of helped get uh, get you know Kylo to be you know go back to being Ben. Yeah chef's kiss like i couldn't i couldn't love it more like i genuinely do um so i should mute my phone um but uh oops that's not muting my phone there we go uh i just i want to make it clear like i could see behind the veil i could you know and i maybe that's just because i knew prior had I not known prior, I might not have noticed it. But going in, I was like, I know she died before this movie was filmed, and I know that she's in the movie. So my brain was already there, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't Again, know. Not- I, you know, I actively didn't seek out any spoilers, and I managed to have nothing at all spoiled for me. So it was pleasant to see how they did it because I was thinking, I don't see how they're going to be able to do this. You know, maybe. Uh, have her in a scene or two, but she had a lot would more you, scenes. And would you consider consider that a spoiler? Going in knowing that they had to like that she died before the movie. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. I did not know how big her role was going to be. 
And I was like, are they going to write her out and say she's passed away in the year or two years? Or, you know, are they going to have her, like, use what archival footage they had for a scene and set up, like, a mission? And then she dies off screen? But no, they... They had apparently filmed a death scene for her already. Yeah. So yeah, they did that. Because that was actually there was two plot or like two ideas for Last Jedi, one where she dies and one where she doesn't. Yeah. I mean, and uh, so there was there was there was quite a bit that they filmed for Last Jedi that that was just used in Rise of Skywalker. Um, but uh, I mean, I thought it was done very well. I thought it was done very respectfully, and and I, I loved it, and I even shed a tear because I was you know like. Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Now also Leia. <laughs> no, it was it was impactful, man. It was definitely an emotional, yeah, emotional. Uh, so part. The, the joke I wanted to get to is that um, when when there was constant conversations about um, Last Jedi, one of the biggest things that I always that I'm sure you came across numerous times was the insurmountable dislike of Rose Tico. Yeah. Um. Even to the extent, like, the fucking uh, uh, harassment she experienced on social media um, was, so, I, I was so, I was just like, wow, the fandom menace strikes again. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that term. Um, yeah, yeah, I have. And a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, I don't know if I feel this way exactly, but I do understand where they're coming from. Um, that, that Rise of Skywalker did her no justice. Did her absolutely no justice. She was essentially an afterthought. Yeah, so this, so the joke on, on Twitter here is the person says, Rise of Skywalker in no way, shape, or form disrespects or dismisses The Last Jedi. Stop spreading those lies. To which somebody then replies to that tweet in, in quotations, Hey Rose, are you coming with us? And she says, you coming on this mission with us? And she says, I can't, Leia told me how to stand next to this computer. <laughs> which is essentially about all she did in the movie until the final act yeah it just again it's a joke because i don't think i think in all intents and purposes josh i know that you know well, we don't have to run each fucking plot point i don't think it's necessary um we discussed how this movie does a lot of things right it does a lot of things that are or not we discussed but i've discussed it uh, this movie is a spectacle, 100%. Every sequence that happens, every scene that happens is high octane and energetic and fun. And then when it's not high octane, it's mystical and magical and fantasy. And I loved it for that. Like for instance, Josh, when they go to that planet with the burning man, alien burning man. Dude, festival, that's exactly what I said. I was like, holy shit, it's burning man. <laughs> um first and foremost i adore this like that culture. connection via force well i was gonna say the connection via force where like items can be transferred yeah yeah well we space. saw a little bit of that in uh the last jedi like when uh kylo's confronting her you know they're talking telepathically but they can see each other and he reaches out for her, and she closes him out, but she's standing in the rain. And then when he pulls his hand back, it's soaking wet from the raindrops. 
So we uh, yeah. they've already established that that was possible. So when he well, reaches and that's, and that's through and like, snatches that necklace off of her, that was awesome. I was in love with it, dude. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, yes, let's make this a full on thing. Um, but like right after that, they 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 meet up with Lando, which was a cool, like, boop, here he is. Yeah, and, and I, I guess knew this that is a little Lando bit of spoiler. I knew as soon as he said, "Follow me." Really, I did not. I was, I was actually like, I knew. Here's the thing. I knew that that uh, he was in the movie because he's cast listed. Like he's in. The, I think he's on the poster. For well, he was in the trailer. Oh yeah, he is in the trailer. I forgot about that. I just didn't know where he was gonna be. So the second that that was him, and he takes off the hood, and I was like, oh shit, Lando. God, Lando just straight fucking crossbowed a guy in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Arrow went right through his goddamn face mask. Um, uh, that was really fun. But, like, so right after that, what does the movie do? It goes, hey, there's this chase with both, like, air, like, like guys in the air and, and the guys on the ground. Dude, those, it was those, like, awesome. those ATV things that those first order storm, or first order stormtroopers were on, that was awesome. And then, of course, you know, you got that small skiff. It was very reminiscent of the old Tatooine skiffs um, in Return of the Jedi. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was. <laughs> um. Yeah, like no, it was it was, dude, it was it was so. <coughs> pardon me. Um, it was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed um. Really enjoyed that sequence and and. But what happened right after that? It slowed down just a little bit to where to give yeah. Yeah, to make it more of a the 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 fantasy setting set in with like the serpent and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that dagger and oh my god, it was so fucking funny that. Are, that C-3PO would not translate it. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, another thing, too, she used force healing. She laid her hand on that serpent that they were all certain was going to eat them, and she healed it, and it backed off, and it also swatted the wall and gave them a way out at the same time. And I think that's why we got one. I think that's why we got the Mandalorian uh, chapter seven, two days before this movie, because it showed Baby Yoda force healing grief Karga in the exact same way. Um. So there's that. That was pretty awesome. And then everybody seeing it happen, they're just like, "Holy shit! She just did that," you know. And then she says, I took some of the, some of my life force, I took some of my force and gave it to him to heal him. And it's just like, and I that's think, cool. I think that's why, and like, cause here's the thing. They could have released Mandalorian on Friday, episode seven. They could have. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have really mattered, but I think that's why they released it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So that way you could see force healing. That's what I just said. Sorry? That's literally I what I said. That's why they showed episode or chapter seven on Wednesday, so you could see Baby Yoda heal grief karga in the For exact some reason same you way. said it my and I I just didn't pick up on it. I was like I was like, Oh, he's just talking about her healing the serpent. I don't know why I I heard you hear I heard you say it. 
Um, I was well. I was also trying to figure out because my mom just texted me, so I was trying to figure something out. Of that. Uh, anyway, okay. Same. Um. Um. I told her if she needs anything to text me. I won't hear my phone. But anyway, that's fine. Uh. Yeah, it was just it was just really nice. Uh, like I, I really enjoyed that. Like, uh, was it? I think it was BB-8 rolls up and was like people pop up, and she's like, "I gave some of my life force." Was it that? Yeah. Was it BB-8? Yeah. Yeah, that thought. Yeah, that, because yeah. they didn't find Dio until they get into the ship that right, they were right. looking for. <clears throat> because so, this ship um, belonged to a Jedi hunter, and that Jedi hunter apparently had been hired to track down Baby Ray. Yeah. And that so, was the ship she had seen in her flashbacks, her visions, leaving her as like a three, four, five-year-old girl on Jakku. Right. Uh, the uh, the sequence right before that, right before all of that's kind of learned, um, they, it's a rad sequence because Kylo Ren shows up and, and like you've seen in the trailer where he's chasing her down the, the, the desert and she flips over and cuts off one of his wings. Um, that was wild as hell. What I think was <laughs> what's dope as hell to me is whenever the force is being used on a massively large item, like a ship, mm-hmm. like, did you, you, I don't think you've ever played the force awakens game. Did you? I have both of them. I have played them. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. I wasn't sure. That's why I was asking. Mm-hmm. The sequence in that game where he's pulling down a star destroyer, yeah, is one of the most memorable things in that game. Absolutely. So to see to see this fucking tug of war between her and Kylo was awesome. Yeah, it's genuinely awesome. I was like, oh but shit, dude, like they're having a little tug of war there when they're sitting there and they're both yanking on that on that transport as it's trying to escape, and he's pushing her harder and harder, and she just kind of boom. Force lightning shot out of her hand. That was like my jaw dropped and my mouth stayed open for a while. And in my mind, I was like, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew she was a Palpatine. See, I, 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 man, what bothers me about that a little bit is why is force lightning directly associated with Palpatine? It's it's directly a for, uh, associated with dark side users. Uh, light side users, uh, right. to my knowledge, have never used force lightning. Um, no, I agree, but I. But, but that's my point. The is reason like, why I jumped to Palpatine is because for the past year, I have theorized that she's a Palpatine. My reasonings uh, for her being a Palpatine were different. Because I don't know if we recorded it on here, but I know I've spoken about it on MPSP Theater. I thought that she was a clone of a culmination, a combination of Palpatine's DNA mixed with Vader's DNA mixed with Luke's DNA. Because the comics, the official comics from 2015 on, published by Marvel, are canon. Clone Wars, Rebels, all the movies and the comics from 2015 are on and on are all canon. And in 2018, they established that Palpatine created Anakin in the womb via force manipulation of his DNA and midichlorians. So by proxy, Vader and Luke and Leia are 
Palpatines. I, yes, I, uh... So I thought she was a clone. I was ready. I was ready for any kind of, like, correlation or relation to one of the characters that could have been anybody. I was ready for that because there was a couple things that I read, like, a year ago that were talking about that sort of thing, and I was, like, ready for that possibility. I genuinely dislike that she's a Palpatine. Um... Because to me, I really liked the idea of her being a nobody. I love the idea of telling a story where the main character doesn't have to have lineage in order to be great or to be powerful. That you can just be great and powerful without that connection. I really liked that. Like, again, the message at the end of Last Jedi, where the little boy grabs the broom, that was that message that was being told. No, no, I don't think it was. How Uh, is it not? Well, here's the thing. It's always been established that to use the Force, you have to be a Force-sensitive. But a Force-sensitive doesn't have to come from lineage. She just happened to do so, but it was presented in her to a way by Kylo Ren that she was a nobody. We assume... That doesn't... You, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't <coughs> tell me why what I said was incorrect, though. No, no, I, I, I don't think that... The message was anybody can be great. You know, I absolutely I think, think that's the message. Yeah. Whether whether or not whether or not the movie says definitively that she's a nobody, the movie itself is trying to get that message across on numerous scenes. That's the point that to, I'm getting at. To, like to me, to me, it was <laughs> trying to convey that there's still hope. Hope's still alive. And we can all be a part of this. We just well, need I to can, rise I can, up, I can fully, I can fully tell you right now that like there was an interview with Ryan Johnson a year ago where he expressed that that was the message he was putting in the film. Well, I picked up on it. I, I definitely picked up on it. Like somebody posted it today on Twitter where he was basically saying like he was like I really like he's he's like I really like the idea of a hero who doesn't you know in in a universe full of characters that already that are established like not having a direct connection to anybody and still being great. I really like that idea. And I do too. Now he obviously wrote and, and, or they made that movie. So that way there was some wiggle room to make her part of lineage or something. And I'm not saying that, uh, it doesn't make sense. What I'm saying is that I would have rather her been a nobody. I mean, I would have been perfectly fine with her being a nobody. But it made a lot more sense for her to be a Palpatine. And I'm totally fine with it. Um, I don't know that it made a whole lot more sense. It just, it didn't. But, you know, in the in the same time, I'm also saying that, you know, Force users didn't all come from lineage. They literally popped up out of being nobodies. It's like nobody, you know, very few families were prominent. And the Force. It just so happens when Palpatine came to power and, you know, the Skywalker family, that's the only real lineage we have that's official canon. You know, pre-canon legends, uh, you had like the Keldromas back in the Old Republic, but, you know, for the most part, there's never been lineage. lineage. So technically... Unless you're a Skywalker, everybody's a nobody. They're just force sensitives. Well, that's and that's my point. Is that's that's what I liked from what Last Jedi was saying was that 
that message was very prevalent in that movie, whereas it's not so much in Rise of Skywalker. And I really enjoy that message. Like, for example, with with uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, you know, the line of anyone can wear the mask. It, it's 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 such a nice idea that you don't have to be great to do great things. And you don't have to come from great stock to do great things. And so I would have preferred the movie to gone that route. But I get why they went the route that they did. And I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I'm just saying on a preference level... It wasn't. It wasn't exactly what I what I would have preferred to see, and and and. Um, I mean, I think it would have been cool if she were going to be anybody other than a Palpatine. Let her be like Kenobi's grandkid. Like you know, he was lonely on Tatooine, kicked it and banged it out. Somebody did make a, a somebody did make a good joke Lynch on Twitter. From, somebody did make a good good joke on Twitter. It was a girl who clearly had a crush on uh, Adam Driver, but she goes. You mean to tell me that in this universe, Palpatine fucks and Kylo Ren dies a virgin? <laughs> oh, we don't know that. <laughs> oh, we do. It was confirmed. <laughs> How was it it's confirmed? JJ. <laughs> yeah, he said. Uh, he said that Kylo's never had. He's never had sex. That's just sad. <laughs> that makes me sad. And, you know, here's the now. other thing. Here's the other thing. I'm gonna straight up say this. I don't know if it'll be controversial or not, but. The best storyline, the best character's storyline in this entire franchise is Kylo Ren. It absolutely is, 100%. Uh, I, I don't have, deny that at all. Dude. Ben Solo's tragic fucking story is the best. Dude, The when, absolute best. Spoiler alert, and then we told you at the top of the show, this whole fucking episode is going to be spoilers. When, oh, I have, after, given, I have given no fucks about that anymore. Yeah. Uh, when he and Ray, you know, and I said that that's the wreckage of the second Death Star. It's going to be on the moon of Endor. Turns out that was the moon of Endor, second Death Star. She goes and finds the Wayfinder there. And he, he's been following her. He tracks her there, destroys the Wayfinder and sends her into a rage. And they have just a wonderful fight. I think out of all their times, they dueled with lightsabers. That was their best one. And so, they are slugging it out on this fucking, the remnants I'm, of the focus emitter of the Death Star and these platforms. And they're tired as hell. You see they're tired as hell and they're slugging it out. And she actually runs him through. And yeah. he's dying. And she's like, oh no. She's like, I didn't want this. And she force heals him. And then he just stares at her. And she leaves in his TIE fighter with his Wayfinder. Well, also, the thing I like about that scene, not to interrupt you, but the reason that she runs him over, or Russell runs him over, runs him through is because he got distracted because Leia was trying to get a hold of him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, Leia realizes, oh no, Ray's in trouble. This is the moment. I have, and she's like, this is going to take everything in me. And she goes and she lies down on the bed and she calls out to him and he hears her voice and turns his head. And in that moment when Ray runs him through is when Leia dies. And that, it was just like, oh, you see her hand, it just, 
loses, you know. Yeah. It's just well, that's, goes, and, goes relaxed. Unlike, well, and, unlike horrible, dramatic on-camera deaths that George Lucas directed in Attack of the Clones, where you're looking and all of a sudden you violently fling yourself backwards in an unnatural way, twice. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, I, uh... But, Go ahead and say what yeah, you're no, going to say. I thought, I, I thought that the way that they filmed that and her dying with her hand and whatnot, I was like, oh, that's like, it's very melodramatic, but also at the same time, uh, uh, very fitting. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. I was, I, I, I didn't hate it is my point. Like, no, oh, no, I, 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 don't I enjoyed say, it. I'm trying, I don't want to say like, I loved it because it's a death. So that's why I'm trying to avoid saying I, I loved it, but like I, I it was it was beautifully it was nice. done. It was tastefully yeah. done, and I'm happy they handled it the way they did. And then what happened immediately after that blew my fucking mind. I all of a sudden you hear, "Hey kid," and Kylo turns around, and there is Han Solo. And they I, have that chat. He's like, you're just a memory. He's like, but I'm your memory. He said, your son is dead. He said, no, Kylo Ren is dead. My son's right here. And he reaches up and touches his face. And he's like, come home. It's not too late. And they almost have like... The the same conversation they had on that bridge on Starkiller Base in The Force Awakens when he says, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. And Han, you know, he touches his face. He's like, you do. And then he looks at him and he's like, he's like, Dad, I, and then Han says, I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I want I want to bring up something about that scene. So it's actually very cleverly shot. Uh, when you see a force ghost, they're always shiny. They always have like some kind of glow around. They're them translucent, the and there's a shimmer. Um, Han was not versed in the force. He did. He didn't no. train in the force. His midi chlorine count was probably very low. So this is not a ghost of him. No. It is all quite literally inside uh, Ben's head. Yes, yes. and you Which know, is, again, chef's kiss. Um, and, and here's the thing. In that moment, in his moment of utmost confusion and desire to do one thing and, you know, not knowing if he can turn his back on what he's been doing, in that moment... He just needed his fucking dad. Yep. And dude, that hit me so fucking hard. I was sitting <laughs> there and I was just like, "Oh man." It 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 didn't hit me as hard as it hit you, but it was it was very impactful, and I I uh, I love the scene. I was I was like, "That's genius. That really is genius." And dude, I think it might. I don't know for sure, but that might be my favorite scene in the movie. That's fascinating. It's not mine. <laughs> We'll get to mine in a minute. It, it might be. I don't know. I, I'm not decided yet. But <laughs> he, he then turns around and he flings his, 
you know, uh, cross guard lightsaber into the ocean and he turns back around and he's not there. And that was wild. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it, was, it was a very good scene. Of course, um, then it was followed up by another scene that was amazing. I what think scene was right after one. that? Well, after that, they showed the somber, everybody discovering that Leia had passed. And oh, yeah. <clears throat> Poe uh, learns that she passed away. And he's talking to her. Um, he's like, "Oh, there's a shot. There's a shot about Leia's death in this that fucking broke my heart." Um, he's looking at her because they said she made you acting general, and he's sitting there and he's talking to her. He says, "I'm not ready for this." And then Lando's like, "None of us were." And he's like, "Well, how'd you uh, guys do it before? Just a small group of you." beating an empire he's like we had each other um that was that was a really solid one too you know and do, do you know do you want to know what part broke my heart about that about leia's death like like legit hurt a little bit which one what chewbacca's reaction dude when he found out and just went to his knees and is like Throwing fists into the sky and howling and pounding the ground. Oh God, yeah, that yeah. was. That I was like, was... oh no, Chewie, no, I'm sorry, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, that was. I thought that those were great scenes, and I thought the scene immediately following that, you see Ray. She's flown back to Octo. She's furious. She's crashed Kylo's TIE fighter and she's just she's like this I'm done I'm done with this this is crazy and she takes Luke's lightsaber and she hurls it towards that flaming wreck of a TIE fighter and you see Luke's force ghost hand catch it and he's like what are you doing and that I like that his old, his old man's his old man's sass was still there even though he was dead yeah yeah I loved that scene. I think the that sequence of those three scenes back to back to back were really strong, uh, and all three emotional in their own way. Um, yeah. Um, but when he's talking to her, and he tells her that uh Leia, he talks about how he was training her. And they show a young Luke training a young Leia. That was so fucking cool. And she had her own lightsaber. And then Luke gives her Leia's fucking lightsaber. <clears throat> that was so cool. But how they did the the digital face mapping of young, like Return of the Jedi Age, Luke and Leia onto whatever two actors they used as body doubles was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that it was, was uh, so cool. It was very cool. Well, I like that they showed that too, because it kind of shut anyone up that hated the scene in last Jedi. With when, her. when they Mary Poppins style floating in, <laughs> like, she well, was never was trained. Like, I was like, you yeah. can't assume that she was never trained just cause you don't see it. I mean, come on. You know, don't automatically assume, well, that can't happen because we didn't see this happen. It's Star Wars. Anything can happen. Yeah, it's fantasy. It's supposed to be, 
anything can happen. Um, I think, uh, yeah, her having both lightsabers was fucking awesome. And, um, but after that, after that whole sequence, like, and I also love, I do also fucking love to death that she's talking to Luke about the whole thing about her. Like I failed and I'm going to stay here just like you did. And he's just like, I made a mistake, please. Bitch, please, don't do what all of us other Jedi fucking did. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I made a mistake. I was wrong. And he's like, but now it's your fight. Our time's done, but this is your fight. And he's like, and now a thousand years of Jedi live on in you. And that was that was cool. And, you know, she takes Luke's saber. She takes Leia's saber, which I loved the deco of, the design of. That was really nice. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and she goes off. Uh, he's like, you got everything you need. And boom, Force pulls his TIE fighter up out of, or his TIE fighter, his X-wing up out of the ocean and bequeaths it to her. It's like. And then back at the resistance base, they're like, Red Five's in flight? What? This transmission's coming from Master Luke. <laughs> that that was just so cool. She's transmitting the path to uh, Palpatine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's also, I want to point out before we get to the final scene of this, of this movie. Um, one thing about this movie that it does a lot of... Um, some have argued that it is a bad thing. Um, I have argued that it's just a thing. Uh, sometimes I do feel like it's a little bit of a pandery moment, but um, it doesn't it doesn't detract to me. It's just fun. Um, but then it's, it's very fucking nostalgia heavy. This whole movie is super fucking nostalgia heavy. Well, it's calling back to the original trilogy, which would be the nostalgia heavy stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah. And not so much the prequels, but the reason why you don't, and I would argue... There's, there, a little, there's a little prequel stuff in there. There is, but there's not as much as original trilogy callbacks. And the reason I would argue that that's logical is most all these characters were only present for the original trilogy and on. They, none of these characters, with the exception of Palpatine, were around in the prequel era. So well, they're well, not going to have like, much callback reason to call back to that. Right. I think, I think for the scene, like we were talking about with Luke, you know, it's, it's that whole like surprise. He tried to train Leia. Here's her lightsaber. Mm -hmm. That's all new. None of that's nostalgic, at least not necessarily wholly nostalgic. But then he's like, let me lift this whole X-wing out of the water with like shit on it. Yeah. So, like, that's straight up Dagobah Yoda recreation. It, Exactly. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like it was yeah, like super you. heavy on that. Not and again, not in I don't a bad way. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it was bad in it by any means. I think nostalgia is very fun. But if like again, as 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 I pointed out, as the show Watchmen pointed out, nostalgia can be toxic. Yeah, it can. So, but in this regard, I don't think it was a bad thing at all. No, because it was tied with something new, is mm -hmm. my point. Exactly. Like, when, when you have nostalgia, it's fine, but, like, make it a little bit newer at the same time. So, giving us that piece of information about Leia and then and then the nostalgia, I was like, that's really well done. That's really uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was nice. You acknowledge the past, tip your hat to it, and give us something new and move on. 
Uh, and speaking of it that, did the, that the, in spades. Um, there's a uh, an old account that was created right after Force Awakens um, on Twitter that makes me laugh. It's called Emo Kylo Ren. I remember that. I used to follow that. So last night, last night he tweeted out, "Actually, that thing I said about letting the past die, the past die, might have been a hasty." <laughs> he just That's tweeted good. out. He just tweeted out three hours ago. Uh, Mom, nobody cares about your rebellion. They all just want to hang out with Lando Calrissian. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! Oh, this yeah, because that man. that account went quiet for a long time. Uh, the last tweet they made before um, the day Rise of Skywalker came out was uh, November nineteenth. So he's like off and on. Like he had three tweets in November, three tweets in October. Yeah, yeah, but he used to get multiple tweets a day from that account. Oh, right after right after uh, Force Awakens, it was like yeah a bunch a day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm happy it's active, like more active at the moment because it works. It's fucking fantastic. Um, so the final sequence in the movie, the final sequence, it all takes before, place before, on. Go ahead. Before we get there, I was just gonna say the one planet or planetoid that they went to uh, when they had to hack. 3PO's brain terminal. Oh, we didn't talk about that. I totally we forgot to talk about that. It was nice to get a little bit of backstory on Poe because we had never gotten any of that up until this moment. And you find admittedly, out he used to be a spice runner. Admittedly, I missed that entire part. Oh, um, no. I had, I had to pee that bad. Like, I was like, I'm going to piss my pants. So I literally, like, sprinted to the bathroom, went pee, and sprinted back. And but when I got back, uh, Zoli or whatever the hell her Zuri. name is, Zuri, she was taking them to see Babu Frick. Like they were already okay. making their way through the city to see Babu. Frick. Okay, well, so on I, their way through the city, uh, when they encounter her and her squad, they're trying to talk their way out of from being turned in because the first order's going door to door and checking everywhere. Uh, Zuri puts down the squad that she's with. And it's like, come on. And uh, Finn's like, Finn was like, how do you know this girl? I know her from way back. And she's like, oh, he didn't tell you that? He used to be a spice runner. And he's like, what? Poe Dameron? Poe Dameron, spice runner? He's like, let it go, Finn. He's like, Poe Dameron ran spice? He's like, you were a stormtrooper. It's like, they took me when I was a kid, something along those lines. He was just fascinated by it. Uh, that that was just cool to, you know. That that certainly explains the, the connection that, that Poe had with her. Yeah. That I didn't, I was, like, I was like, I don't understand their connection. But I knew that I had missed something. They, they, yeah, so she said they worked together. And back in, when they knew each other, they smuggled spice together. And I fucking loved their relationship when he, like, asked her for a kiss. And she yeah. was just like, she, no. Yeah. And, and he, then, he, and he, he nodded and he's like, all right. <laughs> um, can't blame a guy for trying, though. Uh, right, well. You know, at least he asked. <laughs> and you know that's an important message. He asked you said and, no, and, and he gentlemen, saw, he respected that. Yep, yep. That's uh, how that's that's the gentleman right there. But but yeah, that that plays into also how earlier in the movie when they were uh, trying to escape Burning Man on the skiffs, and he was hot wiring the skiffs, and Finn's like, "How do you know that?" Poe's like, "Wasn't always resistance," <laughs> and that's you know that's all he would say. That was yeah. funny. 
Uh, yeah, it just, I, I, uh, I completely forgot to talk about the whole sequence. Cause there was like a, the, the fight that, uh, uh, Ray and, and, and Kylo Ren had in that sequence. And then mm-hmm, the, cause the she red, was actually the on his Star Destroyer. Yeah. And well, cause that's the thing is the sequence we talked about earlier on the desert planet, uh, Chewie gets kid or gets, uh, yeah, not kidnapped, but yeah, well, uh, he's, captured. he's captured. And when she blows up that transport that she thought she killed Chewbacca. But he was yeah. on a different transport and was transported to uh, the Command Star Destroyer. So when they realize that... Uh, she senses Chewie on the planet, if I'm not mistaken. Not on the planet, but when when they're... Yeah, I think when they're down on the planet, she senses him. And he's got the, he's alive. He's got the dagger. He's on that ship. Oh, it's the dagger, that, it's the dagger she... she uh... Is it the dagger, or does she... Because I remember her saying that, that they knew Chewie was there. No, she knew he was alive, why. he was on there, and he had the yeah, dagger. okay. So that's why they went up to get him. And then yeah. she splits off, because she realizes that Ren stays on this ship. So while they're getting Chewie, she goes to Kylo Ren's, because she's looking to see if there's any information she can find. And they get Chewie and the dagger, and... uh you know, get back. And it turns out that Hux was the spy. Hux was the one that helped them get free because they got caught and they were going to be terminated. And then uh, Hux gets them back to the Falcon. Or, or I love the line. Because the Falcon yeah, the was impounded says, too. Right. I love the line that Hux says to Finn yeah. at, at the end of that sequence. He's so, like, so why Finn, are you helping us? He's like, I don't care if you win. I would need Kylo Ren to lose. Yep. I was like, oh, what a petty little bitch. <laughs> but I love Hux. Like, Hux is one of my favorite like characters, Hux. bad guy characters. I, I like Hux. And for him to be the spy, I was like, that makes sense. That makes total it does. sense. I mean, he's, His jealousy he's constantly... of Kylo Ren and, you know, hating being looked down at by Kylo Ren. He just wants to one-up him and see him fail. Yeah, I mean, like, look at everything that that Hux has endured over the course of the other two films, and and including this film, like Kylo Ren treats him like shit, treats him like he's nothing, and he's like constantly like trying to prove himself to Snoke, and it never fucking pans out. And then at the end, when Snoke dies, who becomes supreme leader? Kylo Ren. Like, of course, Hux is pissed off and petty. Like, it it just fits so fucking well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but uh, well, we've been at this for an hour, so let's go ahead and move on to the to to uh, X X X X. Well, boy, I yeah. I, and what's weird is just a few weeks back, there was an article that said the official Sith homeworld, because for years in the books, the EU stuff, it was called and video games, it was called Coraban. K-O-R-R-I-B-A-N. But this, they called it Exegol. Exegol, thank you. And I'm like, oh, I was gonna, it's killing okay, me. they're calling this the Sith homeworld, but they've said it's canon that it's Korriban, so I couldn't figure that out. So I just went with it, but yeah. Exegol. Well, I think, two things. I don't think Exegol is the Sith planet. I think it's Palpatine's planet. Do you where think he has Sith stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a bit of a difference. I mean, you can call it the Sith planet if you want to, because it technically is. 
but I don't think it's the Sith homeworld. Okay. And you know, and also you got to keep that. in mind, like as far as I know, the the other EU planet that you were talking about, I don't Corbon. unless it's unless it's in something that's post Disney, like this new canon. It, it's been in, in a book somewhere. The, yeah, it actually said so. There was an article in the past month. Okay, I, I I honestly don't know, but I think in that regardless, I think if you just look at Exegol as Palpatine's planet, not his homeworld because he was born on Naboo, apparently. Right. No, I mean, but just in like, terms of he owns it. It's like this is his kingdom. It was in the unknown regions, you know, in uncharted space. So, yeah, man. So basically, yeah. Ray's flying there. She transmits the coordinates of how to get there, the exact path. Poe sees it. He's like, oh, we got to go, but we need help. And Lando's like, me and Chewie will go to the core systems. We'll get our allies together. So the rest of the resistance goes to Exegol. And there's just this huge fleet of Star Destroyers. Uh, there's like a hundred of them, maybe more. I don't know. They don't specify a number, but one of the things they said, and they said, we don't have much time before these Star Destroyers start heading out to hit their targets. They said, but the thing is, they are on planet. They have to take off. It's not easy for a ship that size to take off without navigation assistance. Finn tells them. A sh that many ships, they'll have to use a radio tower, a transmission tower, in order to guide them into orbit so they can escape gravity. And, you know, he said during that time, they're vulnerable. And uh, so they're like, okay, that's our window. That's when we've got to hit. So they have a plan, and there's a communications tower on the ground, and they want to target it. So they get there. And Ray's just beating them there, and she's gone into the temple where Palpatine is. And the Resistance comes in, and they're trying to take out this this communications tower. And then the Empire realizes what they're doing, and they're like, well, shut that tower down. We'll just use the one on the command ship. So they have to alter their tactics, and uh, they're like, all right, new plan. And they land this transport ship, the ground team. And they unload on the top of this Star Destroyer in the atmosphere. And they're just like 20 of them riding these big-ass tusked horses from Indoor across so the top not of a negative, Star Destroyer. This is not a negative critique, mm -hmm. but some of my favorite shit in Star Wars is like the hokey language, the hokey things that are said. Yeah. And it is hardcore hokey. When the fucking guy behind the uh, desk is just like, like, like he goes, jam their, jam their speeders. They're not on speeders, sir. And then they get out and they're on the horses. I was like, that's Star Wars hokiness in a goddamn nutshell. And, and I loved it. Yes. I was like, that's awesome. I loved it. <clears throat> so while all that's going on, they're having these fights. And, you know, these, these Star Destroyers, they're loaded with. First Order Troopers, but they're called Sith Troopers. They're just basically Stormtroopers in red armor. That's it. <laughs> Do you All think the, they're maybe trained a little bit differently? Or? I think they're trained... Uh, it doesn't matter because we didn't see it. I mean, 
they were out on the hull of the ship fighting their resistance, you know. Uh, and while that's going on, while TIE fighters are swarming the X-wings and A-wings and Y-wings and B-wings that came in to fight um, against the Star Destroyers, and they're just like, they're getting wiped out slowly and surely picked off. You know, they had to get to the same altitude as the Star Destroyers so they wouldn't be picked off. While all that's going on, Ray goes into the temple and confronts Palpatine. She's like, why'd you want to kill me? He's like, I never wanted to kill you. You're my granddaughter. I've been waiting on you for years. He's like, no, I need to die and transfer my essence to you so you can become Empress Palpatine. And she's like, say what now? He's like, yeah, I want you to kill me. She's like, well, it's not going to happen. And then he opens up the roof of the temple and she sees the resistance getting picked apart. He's like, okay, then I'll just kill your entire new family up there. He's like, or you can kill me, take my power, and you'll have control of the fleet. And she's like, all right. She's ready to do it, or so it seems. But Ben Solo, not Kylo Ren, has landed on the planet and is racing to the temple to help save the day. Um, the, so there's a sequence a little bit before this that I loved, unless it's at the same time. Anyway, it's, it's when, uh, uh all hope looks lost. Um, yeah, it, the, it the, was right um, after this, right after. Okay, cool. Then perfect. I'm, I picked the perfect time. Um, yeah, so Poe's out there and, and he's watching all of his, uh, friends get killed, including, uh, the guy that was from Heroes, uh, Greg, Greg Grunberg or whatever. The big, the big um, bearded guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's been in the sequel trilogy? Yeah, uh, yeah, who's actually pilot in all three. Yeah. He, uh, you watch him get shot down and land, like, and crash on a Star Destroyer. Um, yeah. and then, uh, when, he's... um, well, I was going to say right after that, it, it looked Palpatine like all hope was and, lost. Well, that, and then Palpatine unleashes the Force Lightning on him. Not yet. No, no, like, no, 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 no. No, 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 because Poe... Po no, like, you're right, you're right, you're right. My bad. He's like, he's everybody's like, Poe, what do we do? Poe, what do we do? We're getting picked and apart. He, and he's just like, it's sorry, just guys, I tight, I focus, tight focus on his face. And, and you, just you, looks, you just see yeah. just total, like... I'm sorry. I thought we had a shot. That's what that's what he says. And then, boom! Lando and the cavalry shows up. That cavalry, by the way, I think is my favorite moment of the movie by far. Like, it was so dude, fucking rad to see. Like to me, the, the those epic, those hundreds. giant. I mean, you can clearly see what is my favorite stuff in Star Wars because I've already said like them having the tug of war with the ship was awesome, and and that that sequence was awesome because. It's always the big stuff that I always love. Like in Last Jedi, my favorite moment is the fucking Holdo maneuver. Um, God, I fucking love I mean, that. I like that, but it wasn't my favorite moment. Well, I'm just saying that's like you, that, uh, that's the stuff that yeah. always gets me in Star Wars. Um, See, for me, it's the emotional one-on-one -on -one character beats that get me. Um, but yeah, man, that was awesome. You see all these ships just falling in. You see fucking 
every type of cruiser. You even see the ghost from Rebels in there. Yeah. There's a lot. There's. Um, I want. I want to. I want somebody to be eventually pause that part and then just like show every identify scene. all the ships. Because yeah. I guarantee you, like, there's a bunch of Easter eggs in that shot. There has to be. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, there's going to be more Easter eggs we'll talk about here in just a minute. So they show up and they start taking it to the Star Destroyers and Tie Fighters. They're taking out the underside uh, planet killer cannons on the Star Destroyers. And then the Emperor, uh, when Kylo, while they're doing that, Kylo gets into the temple. He has to take on the Knights of Ren. They've turned on him. They're like, all right, you're not our boy anymore. We're putting you in the ground, sir. And when he's fighting them hand to hand and they're armed and, you know, he's trying to hold his own, but they're starting to get the better of him. And then at this moment, Ray is going going through the ceremonial steps for the essence transfer from Palpatine to Ray, and she's got her lightsaber ignited and holding it behind her head. He thinks that she's getting ready to strike him, to kill him, to transfer his essence, and she passes the lightsaber to Kyle. That was awesome. That scene was fucking Which rad. Which was great. I was like, and he just dispatches the Nazi. His around. reaction to that, though, Ugh. what I thought was so... Fu- oh, my God. I was just like, this is the best. He pulls the lightsaber out after getting his ass kicked for, like, a minute. And he looks at them and shrugs his shoulders or, like, gives them that, like, yep. what fucking now, bitches? Like, oh, that's yep. so good. So he makes short work of them, runs in there, gets to her before she can be whatever. And he's like, ah... I see a dyad. No matter. I'll take your life for my own. And boom, he starts transferring life from them, you know, like the opposite of force healing. He's life draining, uh, force draining them. And it mends his body. Like you see his, because he was, he was fucked up. He was really fucked up. There were I don't think he had any legs at the point. Oh no, I I, I I'm full on like in my mind he was a zombie. Like he was just he was only Oh, he wasn't a zombie. Well, I'm using the term zombie loosely because he was just alive by machine. Like I I Yeah, well, I mean, he still had he still had brain function and speech and everything. But and I think that was via I think that was only via the force. I don't think that his body actually had any life in it. I think he was legitimately. No, no, I don't. I don't think so either. Yeah, I get that what you're saying, that. But see, when I think zombie, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. What I mean by is he is like his body is literally dead, but it's being controlled. Yeah. Elsewhere. Yeah, his body. I mean, it, there were pieces missing, and there was rot and wounds that just wouldn't close, and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely, the machine was sustaining him, but. When he did that that life drain on them, it regenerated his body, and he was whole again. Yeah. And then, boom. Uh, is that the, That's the point when he hurled Kylo Ren into a chasm. He's he, like, you're going. He basically was just like, fucking Skywalker's blah. <laughs> flung him like a rag doll. They like threw him out like yesterday's trash. Man. And, well, the way he, it wasn't—it and... wasn't just what he did. It was what he said was so vicious too. He was just like, "Like I'm tired of these fucking Skywalkers." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then, to raise horror, that's when he just puts his hands together up above his head and channels the force lightning of all force lightning. It's like, you ever see a blue light in the sky that's, a, a, you know, impending disaster at the end of a movie? That's what this was. And it started just arcing and nailing all the resistance ships. And basically, it's treating it like an ion cannon's hitting them. You know, they're losing all electrical functions so all of their ships start to lose control so that was pretty insane uh no it was it was it, it was see, it was awesome like it was it was one of those again those epic giant moments that i think are a lot of fun um what i didn't see and i don't remember but did any of the ships actually get destroyed because of that like, they didn't get destroyed. I don't know if they got destroyed, but they were all losing power and heading towards. I'm sure a few did. Yeah, I just don't. don't I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember seeing any like crash into the surface or onto another star destroyer. But it, there had to have been like as many ships that were out there that got hit by that. There had to have been. Yeah, but in this moment, Ray's lying there on the ground, and Palpatine's like. I am the Sith, you know, and he's already made the statement that he, uh, in the opening scene with Kylo Ren, he says, every voice you've ever heard has been me talking about how the essence of all the prior Sith Lords are a part of him now. Yeah. So Ray is laying the laying there on the ground and she's trying to call the Jedi, the spirits of all the Jedi of the past to her. And you hear the Jedi, they're coming to her and they're saying, we're here. We're with you. We're part of you. And it's Luke and it's Ben Kenobi and it's Obi-Wan younger version. It's Qui-Gon. It's Yoda. Ahsoka's voice was in there. Mace Windu. So was Kanan. Mace Windu. Kanan Jarrus was in there. Who? Um, and Kanan Jarrus, the guy from Rebels. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, I think Ezra was in there. I'm not 100 percent sure. I mean, I, I feel like if they if, if there was there a were, Jedi that had there a were several role, others. Like a, yeah, any Jedi that had a speaking role in the prequels were voiced there, and in Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, just about every one of them. And they're like, we're all with you, we're part of you, we live on in you. So when Palpatine, he's getting ready to turn on her, and she's like, he's like, I am the Sith. And then all of a sudden, she whips out both Luke and Leia's lightsabers, and ignites them both in... Well, she she ignites Luke's and catches his force lightning, and he's trying to throw more, and then she pulls out Liz and crosses it with Luke's and starts pushing back, and she's like, I'm the Jedi, and turns that force lightning back on him, and it just starts hitting his body and just starts stripping the flesh away from his body and do you think when, kills him and ends the Sith. Do you think when Mace Windu was watching over that scene, Mace Windu went, two lightsabers is what I needed. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm sorry maybe. I made that joke last night and I was very proud of it so but as she does it she used so much uh, power that she taxed herself and it, it it she died full yeah full on Ray dies she full on dies 
And then Kylo climbs up out of that chasm and he sees it. And he goes to her and picks her up and he embraces her. And then he lays her back in his lap and he force heals her and restores her. Gave her the last of his life force. And... Uh, came the most uh, they, meh part of the movie for me. <laughs> like, really? oh yeah, it felt very forced. It really did. I didn't hate it. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't bother uh, me. It just I, I didn't need it. It wasn't needed for the film. She 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 kissed him, and then he dies. The death, him dying part and, was 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 good. Like I enjoyed that. Like he gave the last of his life essence to save her. Someone who he clearly yeah, cared about, the, but that kiss just felt so yeah. like. Okay. Well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that here in a minute. But what was beautiful about that moment is the instant he faded and became one with the Force, so did Leia. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons why I liked his quote unquote death. Was it made sense to the context of, like, Life Force was already stolen out of him by Palpatine. He probably didn't have a, life, a lot left, which is why it killed Rey, and he gave everything he had left to save Rey. That was awesome. I love that. The kiss is... Um, could, well, could have I mean, she, she, she did see him without a shirt on in uh, The Last Jedi, so... Something about these 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 uh, women, man. They like that Jedi wiener. What can I say? I mean, I guess. Um, Padme was so hungry for it, she didn't care that Anakin was killing younglings. Let's just be fair here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he dies. He fades, uh, becomes one with the Force. In the exact same moment Leia does, it was a beautiful moment. Um, and then... Everybody flies back to the Resistance base, and they're celebrating. One thing I did love, cameo, Dennis Larson, Wedge Antilles from the original trilogy. He was always one of my favorite side characters, and I loved his, loved him in the EU books. Wedge was the gunner in the Falcon uh, with Lando and Chewie, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, that's great. They got Wedge. Yes. See, and the, and the whole thing, it. the whole thing with the Millennium Falcon in that fight sequence is the nostalgia. Like, it was like, oh, Lando and Chewie driving the ship and Wedge and Tilly's in the gunner. Oh, oh my nostalgia boner is just busted through my pants. Like, dude, yeah, but it was, it was a nice, it was well done. It wasn't like, oh, here, remember these guys? No, it did, it did, because it, didn't, it gives them, it felt less like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and more like a, a little bit of fan service well, on top of the other stuff that was going on. Yeah, yeah, but it also makes sense that they would be there because they've been in this fight since they were. Yeah, no, it was young. cool. I'm not. I'm not. And they want to see the fight done finally, closed, ended. And I just felt like it was a nice, nice touch. It would have been wrong to not have Lando in that fight to begin with because of everything going on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so absolutely. I was happy that he was there, and the way that they handled him being there was definitely a. Um, a for it was for the fans. It was for it was for us to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm not upset by it. It's just very much that's like clear nostalgia. Um, yeah, yeah. But again, like we've said, all the instances of nostalgia used in this weren't done in a bad way at all. And 
But yeah, after the celebration, everybody's like happy and everything. Ray and Finn and Poe share a hug, and you see the first ever on-screen uh, kiss between a same-sex couple uh, in the background. You know, just there it is. These two ladies are extremely happy. They both survived, and they're happy to see each other, and they're celebrating, and they share a kiss. Yeah. And some countries are actually censoring that scene. They're not showing it. Well, apparently, uh, off of the first day sales for, like, the opening weekend, uh, and I guess not weekend because today and tomorrow still haven't counted, um, it's actually not doing very well in China at all. Like, ac- according to a bunch of uh, financial analysts, like, it bombed. But on the on the inverse of that, Star Wars has never really done super well in China. No, it never has ever. Yeah, so it's like um, it's like the headline to that's that to be was, expected. The headline to that was very much. Uh, um, do you know why Star Wars? I think doesn't do well in China. Um, because it's very anti-government. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, your protagonists are always attempting to stop the government, and in China, Chinese films, when there's a disaster or something needs to be handled, it's the government that handles it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I so, didn't put context it, into that, but I just thought it was interesting. It that, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense that it doesn't do well there. Yeah, I mean, all of them don't um, do well but at all. Like, it's just you, you, you see celebration. You see little nods. You see, like on the Forest Moon of Endor, you see Wicket and his son. They got Warwick Davis to portray Wicket again. Oh, that's and cool. Now Wicket's got a little son. I didn't know that. Uh, and yeah, uh, and and you know, you see. Uh, just people across the galaxy you know you see bespin uh for a brief moment i think it would have been and it was really cool i think it would have been really cool to show like other planets that might have been still around like celebrating because yeah like i know that i know that you aren't the world's biggest fan of the prequels but see some of those planets like maybe naboo is thriving i don't fucking know Uh, i would have been perfectly fine with seeing naboo seeing coruscant you know, I would have been fine with that. But, you know, what we were shown, everybody's aware of what happened. They're aware that they stopped him. The galaxy is happy. There can be peace, essentially, for as much peace as there can be, I guess, yeah. without a Sith Lord. Uh, because there's always going to be political struggles. Well, that's but then what, we get one last... Yeah, so that's what the whole Canto Bite part in Last Jedi was showcasing. Exactly. Like war profiteers are always going to be around. Yeah. And then we get one last final scene. You see Ray land the Falcon on Tatooine at the Lars homestead. And her and BB-8 get out. And she's just walking around taking a look at the place. And she takes Leia's lightsaber and Luke's lightsaber, wraps them in cloth, ties them in a bundle. And uses the force to bury them deep, deep. We don't know how deep into tattooing. Um, and then she grabs her staff, but you notice that something's different. And she rotates it, that little uh, guard at the end, and ignites a golden bladed lightsaber, a yellow lightsaber. She constructed her own lightsaber, and she made it out of her staff, and I I thought that was just so fitting. So now she is 
the final Jedi, because that is the final part of a Jedi's training, to construct your own lightsaber. And then this uh, woman walking uh, one of these weird tattooing camel things. She's like, oh, nobody's been here for years. Who are you? She's like, I'm Ray. She's like, Ray who? And she looks over and there's the force ghost of Luke and Leia. And she looks back and she says, Ray Skywalker. And then closing scene, she's standing on that, overlooking that pit. The same one that Luke stood on in A New Hope to the twin setting sons of Tatooine and BB-8 by her side. And, uh, dude, I was just like, that's the perfect way to end it, man. I thought it was the perfect way to end it. I think it was, I loved this from every second of this movie from start to finish. Um, the only thing I would say that I did not like about this, and I didn't like it in The Last Jedi either, is the passage of time. Like, apparently hyperspace jumps take like five minutes. Uh, yeah, you're crossing light years. Come on now. It takes longer than that. But the whole time frame after they learned the plot was supposed to be 16 hours. Come on now. That's my only critique of the movie. I just don't think the time worked like that, setting it up like that. But aside from that, dude, I loved everything about this. This checked every box for me from start to finish. Um, I sat there with a big smile on my face, mouth open, a lot of the movie, jaw-dropping moments, and a few tear-jerking moments. And... I was wholly satisfied uh, when the credits started rolling. I was like, thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, Th this has been 42 years of storytelling, and there were some dark times. There was the dark side we had to get through uh, from 1999 to 2005. Um, I shake my head because I don't wholly agree with you on that, but... I know, and, you know, we're never going to see eye-to-eye eye on the prequels. Well, we're not going to see eye-to-eye eye okay. on Rise of Skywalker, either. Like, we, that's fine. We've already kind of discussed a little bit. And, and no, that's and that's exactly it. Like, that's why Josh and uh, I yeah. like doing all queued up, because Josh and I aren't always going to agree on everything, but we want to show you guys that it's okay to disagree on something. It's okay to sit there and say, I don't like this, and you do. Great, we're still friends, right? Like, it's fine. I think Star Wars has such a monolithic following. Bobby Frick is my oldest friend. <laughs> Speaking of that, guys, in the in the um, call that Josh and I go into to, to record these things, um, I was like, I changed we're, my... We're using a... Yeah, we use a platform called StreamYard, and we can see each other on it. And uh, we can type in, like, names for each other, for ourselves. And so I was just like, I'm going to go in here with something from Star Wars. I'm a Babu Frick. And I joined the party and Josh's is, Babu Frick is my oldest friend. <laughs> well then. And it just, it worked. It worked so well. might totally have a unplanned. favorite character of the movie. Um, no, no. <laughs> that, that's something I will say though. Uh, 3PO. I loved how his humor worked and his banter worked in this movie. Versus... Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace. He was very cringy when he tried to use humor in those. 
and this it worked. I think they found a good balance of humor and well, serious tone. Well, it was cringy. In this one. It was cringy, Josh, because the 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 comic relief in like in the prequels was Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Wow, not the reaction I was expecting to get out of you for that one. I'm joking because he wasn't funny. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> That's why I didn't laugh. <laughs> well, I was hoping to get a reaction, not a not a laughing reaction, but a like. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but it certainly wasn't the uh huh. <laughs> the very passive, yeah. But, whatever, Greg. Uh, well, let's. So I want to. You kind of gave your uh, final overall thoughts on it. What grade would you give it? I mean, I can already see it, but no, I don't think. I've always ranked my like. In my rankings, I know where I'm putting this one. Now, I'm going to say the movie itself, it's a, probably a B plus. Fascinating. However, I've never enjoyed a Star Wars film more in the theater in my life. See, that's so, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't follow that. To now where I would place this on all the films, including Solo and Rogue One. I would place this Empire as my all-time favorite, followed by Rogue One, and then Last Jedi. But I put this one right behind Last Jedi, and in front of Return of the Jedi. Hmm. We don't have the same ranking. <laughs> That's fine, dude. I'm just saying, for me, this did everything that I've wanted a Star Wars movie to do since I was seven years old. And it did that for me again. I've not felt like this. I mean, I know I said after I was seeing The Last Jedi, I felt like I was seven again. I did. But this, dude, this feeling that I had watching this movie start to finish, and I'm watching it with Misty and Madison, you know, the two most important people in my life, and they're sitting there watching it with me, and I'm hearing them laugh, and I'm hearing them sniff and they're slinging snot and tears all over the place because they're emotionally invested did it it just it was the culmination of one of the most important stories that's been a huge part of my life since i was a year old i mean you know it came out when i was a year old i didn't remember it from a year old but from the time I was three, I remember Star Wars was everything for me. Star Wars, for me, when I was... Because I, I, I've, I've told the story maybe on the podcast, I don't know. I didn't get into Star Wars until, like, the mid-90s. and Yeah, when the special editions came out. Right before. Right before. Mm-hmm. Uh, because anytime I had heard Star blank, blank, I always thought it was Star Trek. And I always found Star Trek to be very boring, because the stuff that I was into was you know, like Marvel and, and cartoons and stuff like that, like things that were, were high impact. And, and, um, and I really hadn't been introduced to Star Trek or Star, sorry, Star Wars. I just thought if, uh, if it's anything like Star Trek, then I'm going to be bored watching it. So I just never, I never went into it. And it wasn't until like right before they came out, my friend had taken me to see a Star Trek movie. And I was like, Oh, that was so much fun. Like, are all things like this fun? And I just said, fuck it. And I went and I went and rented all the Star Wars movies. 
And I was like, wow, that was a blast. Like, that was incredibly fun. And then they came out with the remastered, and I enjoyed those. And then I got super fucking into Star Wars, like ridiculously so. Bought toys, absorbed any kind of video game I could get my hands on. I mean, I still have, like, uh, the um, uh, Monopoly Star Wars, True Pursuit Star Wars. And my brother ended up getting me two of the same board game. But it's one from, I want to say, the, the early 80s. But uh, maybe it's, no, it'd have to be after the 80s. <laughs> It have to be after after eighty three, because it's called uh, Wicket the Ewok, and I have two of them because yeah. they're not. It's not a complete set in either one, so I think there's enough in both to make a complete set. I just haven't gone gotcha. to the sake of doing it. But um, uh, I remember going to the midnight showing of episode three and sitting in the parking lot with a bunch of other Star Wars fans, and I was reading off Star Wars trivia from my Trivial Pursuit game. Yeah, I remember you were saying that. Yeah, like, I have a lot of really great memories with Star Wars, including getting my tattoo when I was 25. Um, You know, talking to the guy doing it, you know, telling me how much a fan he is and how much a fan I am, and going to Comic-Con and, and, and meeting... Uh, um, Oh my god, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The original Chewbacca. Matthew, is it Matthew? Peter, Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew, Jesus Christ. Wow, I can't believe I forgot that. The guy who... um. Uh, was in the who like anytime you've ever seen Darth Vader on screen, the guy that's in that suit, I met him at a, at a convention one time and talked to him for a hot minute. Uh, getting into fun little debates about whether Han Solo shot first or what the fuck ever. Um, like it's all been great. Like watching a, a robot chicken do their do their Star Wars specials and 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 just building friendships over Star Wars. Like it's always been something to look forward to and something fun. And that's why I refuse to dislike Rise of Jedi, even though it doesn't check all the boxes for me, even though there's certain plot choices that I'm not the biggest fan of. I refuse to let those sour some of the greatest moments in Star Wars history that exist in this film. Absolutely fucking refuse because Star Wars is special. It's not just some fucking piece of entertainment that we all suddenly enjoy. There's a reason it resonates with people. There's a reason that it is so popular. It, it speaks on numerous volumes to different people on different things. And I'm so happy that this new trilogy exists because it tells people who, mm -hmm. don't, who aren't white, who aren't straight, that you're okay, that you're fine. It really does. And I love it for that. Um, that being said, like I gave the movie a B+. <laughs> Like I was really surprised for you to say B plus because the way you kind of like talked about it, um, but uh, I mean it's not a perfect movie. Well, I mean, it really is not a perfect not, movie. But it, it's not a perfect film. But but out of what all Star Wars movies has been? In, that exactly. There's never been a perfect one. Some would so argue Rogue One is, it but a perfect grade. Oh, it's it's not. It's it's close, but you know. I mean, this ranks probably like fifth or sixth because if I if I can recall it in my head, I would say like my ranking goes Empire, Jedi, Rogue One. Um, sorry, Last Jedi, Rogue One. Uh, mm -hmm. and then probably Return of the Jedi, and then maybe this one. Okay, so basically our order is almost the exact same, except I've got this one ahead of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it, but I have to say, you know, I think this is the most fun I ever had watching a Star Wars film in the theater. I, it's just, and for that reason, you know, I'm praising it that much. Um, see, I, I know, honestly I recognize like, there are things that are not perfect that you know could have been a little better, and it is a frantic pace. Um, but it's not. There's, there's. I don't think there's anything bad, but. You know, yeah, I just, I want to go see it again yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the other thing, guys, is that we, Josh and I have only seen it once. We're recording this Saturday. It came out yesterday. Um, literally saw it first showing I possibly could on Friday morning. Same here. We were actually in the theater at the same time, even though we were three hours apart. Yeah. Um, but you guys, all, went, you also have a different situation with your theater than I do. Like, I have two theaters in my area that have, like, 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock showings where... Our theater, I don't think they have any showings prior to 11. And also, I have to drive 90 minutes to get to it, so... Right. Um, Even though I, I got to the theater first, my showing was at 11.30, and Greg's was at, what was it? 9.10. 9.10. So, it was like, even though we're three hours apart... You know, it's like still. I was nope. only forty minutes into it when you got to start seeing it. Yeah, no joke. I I left the theater, like the actual theater room. Walked down the hall, was heading towards the bathroom, and I got a message from Josh saying I really enjoyed it. Um, no, I said I said I fucking loved it. I don't. I was like, I don't remember exactly <laughs> what you said, but I remember getting that message like very shortly after leaving the theater. Uh, Well, I figured you would be getting out right about that time. That's why I waited to send it to you until about 45 minutes after I was out. uh, Because I got out at 2.10 Eastern. Right when the credits started rolling, I got up to leave. And there was a guy who was sitting near me, and he was just like, why is everyone getting up and leaving? Like, you guys don't stay for the credits? And I said, well, there's a website you can go to to see if there's anything after the credits. And he goes, there is? I was like, yes, it's called aftercredits.com. He's like, I didn't know about that. Did you check it before coming in? I was like, yes, I did. And he goes, so there's nothing? I said, there's nothing. (laughs) I just, I stayed through the entirety of the credits because I do that for every movie. Like if I beat a video game, I listen, you know, I read the credits and listen to the music. And honestly, I mean, this was the final time John Williams was scoring a, um, a movie, period. And it was going to be the final time he was scoring a Star Wars film, and I just wanted to hear the music all the way to the end. And also, when the credits started rolling, Carrie Fisher got top billing. Um, and that was right. absolutely perfect. Um, and man, yeah. I, so, what, 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 what's, your, what's your grade? I mean, you said where you would probably rank I said B+. It, probably about fifth. I said B+. Oh, you said B-plus yeah, as well? Yeah. Okay, my bad. That's why I, was really, that's I, why I said I was really that. surprised to hear you say that, because I was giving it a B-plus as well. Um, uh, I mean, it's... It's very fun. It, like, that's the thing about Star Wars. It's incredibly fun. That's the thing about Star Wars that I talk about all the time is, like, I think a lot of people kind of lose that touch of like having fun with star Wars and they want something else. And I'm like, this movie is fucking fun. Like it really is just fun. There's absolutely. So I I mean, you can, you can break it down or critique it all you want and say like, what you prefer, which we did. But at the end of the day, like, did you have a good time watching a star war? Cause I did. Yep. So, 
I absolutely and I and, and I wish I could say that about every single Star Wars movie, but I can't. <laughs> but that's the thing. There's no rule that says you have to accept all or nothing. You can enjoy certain aspects and dislike others and still be a fan. Yeah. And well, it's we totally okay. We should wrap this little thing up because it's gone way longer than I thought it was going to. <laughs> Look, I, you were like, I want to try to keep it in an hour. I was like, yeah, okay, well, that was, no fucking word. Originally, what's even what's even maybe stupider, stupider, dumber, whatever. Um, I originally was I like, oh, we're just going to discuss the movie. Yourself. We're discuss the movie for a half an hour, and then I have a little thing on the side that I wanted to do. When Last Jedi came out, something that Josh and I experienced a lot was people misunderstanding parts of the movie and having really stupid questions that maybe they should have been paying attention to. Um, uh-huh. So the Nerdist has a, a, literally a list of 100 questions that they want answered. What? Yeah. And I read like the first three and we're like, it's in the movie. It tells you what the fuck is wrong with you. So, but we're, I'm going to nerd it. Yeah. Wait, Nerdist itself, or is these are questions that people are asking? Nerdist themselves. Literally, the headline is 100 burning questions we have after Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Question number one. How did Zombie Palpatine return? The recent finale of the Star Wars Rebels opened the door for forced time travel, but instead we got dark science cloning secrets only the Sith knew. I feel like they just answered their own question, but whatever. I mean, oh god. Okay. My argument for that one would be, hey, he's got followers. You see those people kind of keeping him alive? They probably recovered his body after he threw was thrown down that shaft. Yeah. Like it's not hard to believe that, but whatever. No, not at all. I mean, he had a lot of attendees. Uh, um, number two, who is Ray's grandma? Like, really, who in the galaxy is making sweet Sith love to the Emperor? Uh, spoiler alert, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Uh, we, we know, we know Luke's grandma, Shmi, and it's established as canon that Palpatine never put his willy in her hoo-hoo. Yeah, so, uh, might be he just kind of showed up as, uh, force presence behind her and kind of did a little magic hands, shimmy, shimmy, and boom. But let's say, let's say, is. let's say, uh, uh, Sheev Palpatine really did go and fuck. Old Sheev <laughs> is sheathing his sword. <laughs> uh, let's say he did go and fuck some, some lady. Um, let's consider that he he's, was a, he, he's basically Genghis Khan. Well, he's, he's also, he did this before he was. You know, the attack by the Jedi on me left me horribly disfigured. I, he was a charming motherfucker. You know, the, he yeah. he had the he was a very personable and charming person when he was in the Senate. Nobody knew what he really was or what he was really like. Right. Everybody liked him. So you're telling me that he wouldn't have been able to bed any woman? At all? Come on, now. It's not like he was a prune when he did it. Right, and, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, the the next question here is, uh, let's see. What exactly is a force dyad? Well, huh. the term dyad means something that consists of two elements or parts. 
Mm-hmm. So if they're force dyads, that means they control both the force or the light and the dark side. Yeah. Sorry that a word was too complicated for you. A four-letter word that complicated? I'll be damned. And then it says, uh, was the original yeah, force dyad Luke and Leia? Yes. No. No, they weren't. No. Who would the fucking... What? Anakin and Obi-Wan. Well, at best. Well, also, too... Oh, sorry, I'm gonna stop layers. reading these fucking stupid questions. I'm done. Well, the, the double layers to that force dyad is what's not revealed in the movie, but if you... if And, like I said, the comics count. According to Disney's statements, the comics do count. So, Palpatine is Vader's dad. That means Anakin is the half-brother to Ray's dad, which means that Ray and Ben are first fucking kissing cousins. Yep. (laughs) And here's the thing. Everybody's like, ew. Leia slipped Luke the tongue, so shut the fuck up. Oh, I watched... Here's the thing. Here's here's a fun part, Josh. I watched a trailer for Empire, and in the trailer, it was like romance and just shows a kiss between Luke and Leia, and I was like, yep. Boy, that's... It really feels like... Uh, George George uh, George Lucas said that fucking when he was writing Jedi was just like their brother and sister now, <laughs> like last minute sort of thing because of how it was marketed, not just shown in the movie, yeah. but how it was marketed. Mm-hmm. Which again, I'm not critiquing, but then good Lord, does it look like that now? Oh, go ahead and pick another random question. Okay. One of these random give me, absurd g- questions. Give me a number, and I'll just find that one. Seventeen. I lost the article. Give me two seconds. How the fuck did I lose the article? Jeez. Hold on. History. I don't know. G- History. 100 burning questions. There we go. Um, what number? 17. 17. Why did JJ and Lucasfilm do Kelly Marine Tran and Rose so dirty? Okay. How was she done dirty? Uh, I kind of mentioned it a little I mean, bit earlier. Like they, they. I mean, I don't, I don't see that they did her dirty. It's just that character didn't have a big part to play in this movie. Yeah, I think yeah. that was literally it. Like she was in the final fight. Like she had a few lines. She had a couple of scenes. She was in the finale. She was trying. She pled with Finn to come with them. Uh, that they were leaving, and Finn stayed behind. And said, no, I'm taking this ship out. Go without me. She had a few lines of dialogue and everything, but she wasn't a pivotal part to this. The only reason she was a pivotal part in The Last Jedi was because when Finn was going to use an escape pod to find Rey to get her away from the First Order's tracking, she caught him. And then, through happy accidents, they discovered... You know, and concocted their crazy plan with Poe and Maz. That's the only reason that she was a big part of the second movie. Right. Um, It wasn't necessary to have her part of the main crew. No, it wasn't a personal slot. It wasn't an attack on her. It wasn't doing her dirty. It's just that's just what this character's role was in this film. Yeah, I mean... Stories aren't determined by, well... This actor has to have this big a part. No. You write the story, then you cast the part. 
Um, give me another number. 32. 32. Uh, a lot of these questions are actually stupid, and it looks like they were fishing for, for questions to make a 100 list. But anyway, uh, how much of the movie was it Adam Driver? How much, sorry, how much of the movie was it Adam Driver actually in the Kylo suit? Um, who cares? That's not how movies work. What you mean to say when he had the helmet on, it may not have been him in a few scenes. <laughs> that's that's what they're asking. Oh my god, stuntman! I mean, it's a fucking dumb question. Stuntman work on every movie, and you know, even though it may look like a certain actor in the scene, it's their stunt double. Who fucking knows? That's a dumb question to ask, and it's how is that a burning question? I don't know. One, one Do more number. Have... One more number. One more number. I haven't eaten dinner, uh, and I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, honey, pick a number from one to a hundred. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Why didn't we do order sixty-six? Anyway, seventy-seven. Um, I don't know, but now we have to. <laughs> so seventy-seven is. Uh, if it was on Octo, wouldn't Ray have heard the call of the saber while she was there? I assume they're talking about the call of Leia saber. No. Why? Yeah. Why would she? She already has Luke's, so... She already has Luke. She already has a tool. She's already been pulled in. Why would something else pull to her that, you know, that's... I don't see any reason why it would. All right, do 66. Okay. Where was the second First Order transport, the one Chewbacca was actually aboard? I'm pretty sure when it showed them with him captive, there were two transports there. I remember seeing two. I'm pretty but... sure. I re- I re- I'm pretty sure I saw two sitting there on the fucking desert. I mean, I'll have to watch it again, but I'm pretty sure there were two. Just because one took off first, you know, Finn didn't see which one took off. He just said, Ray, they've got Chewie and pointed into the fucking sky. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah, Ray didn't see which ship at all. Like, Mm-mm. at fucking all. She was concentrating on Kylo. Yep. All right. So yeah, a hundred burning questions that none of most of them aren't even relevant and don't need an answer. No. Um. And some, if you had paid attention or understand how things work, wouldn't need to be asked. Yep. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap this up. Like I said, I haven't I haven't eaten, but yeah, Josh and I both really enjoyed it. It's a solid fucking Star Wars movie. I don't know why you would hate it as much, but whatever. Um, you know, to each their own. If you didn't like it, let us know. If you loved it, let us know. If there's an opinion that we gave that you didn't agree with, let us know. Seriously. Um, all of the links to our social medias are down below of the, Mm -hmm. not video, I almost said video, down below the, the show description. The show description. Thank you. Um, so yeah, hit up any of those and let us know. I mean, like any social media that you have, we're on. So just go follow us there. Um, guys, next, next episode, which we'll be recording later this week, we're going to be doing the review of six underground, the Michael Bay movie starring Ryan Reynolds and the Martin Scorsese film Irishman. Um, Mm -hmm. I have yet to watch Irishman. I've only watched half of six underground because that's why we're doing two movies folks. Um, but I'll definitely have those watched soon here. Um, but yeah, guys, it's been a fun trip 
with this uh, trilogy. I'm glad it's over, though, because we can get to some really fucking rad shit in Star Wars. I think some of the future stuff that's going to happen, like Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's going to get to make and some more of the shows that they might do on Disney Plus are going to be a lot of fun. We will have mm-hmm. we will have one more episode of The Mandalorian which we'll be talking mm-hmm. about not this episode but actually on the first or when we record after the after the first. Um yeah. it'll be on the first uninhibited the first episode of all queued up for the year. Yeah. Um, the uninhibited. And I said this but Josh didn't quite agree but I'm kind of glad that after Mandalorian, we're not going to have much Star Wars for a hot minute because I feel like it's been we've been super inundated with Star Wars. Like Mandalorian started, and then I played Jedi Fallen Order, and then you know this movie came out while Mandalorian is still out. I'm just like, hold on, let me breathe. Um, <laughs> so well, I haven't got to play Fallen Order yet. That's true, but I want to. It's good. It's good. All right, they got it for like thirty bucks for like PS4 and whatnot right now or some shit like that. But um. But yeah, guys. Well, hey, um, you know, follow us on our on personal social medias. Me on Facebook, a regular name. Uh, Twitter and Instagram accounts are linked there to my profile. It's public, easy to see. You know, follow me there. Uh, you can also catch me on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on a show called Figure Banging, where we review action figures, Transformers specifically. Uh, and also on Friday nights on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show called MPSP Theater, where my friends and I discuss various topics and stories throughout the pop culture world for the week. Uh, that's me. Greg, what about you? And we'll get out of here. Uh, you can follow me on everything at Chub Rock Geek. Um, and you can also follow me on uh, Twitch at Chub Rock Geek, where that's where Josh and I do our little... Uh, Jackbox streams. Uh, we try to do those on Saturday. So if you go follow me on uh, at Chubrockeek on Twitch, or just go to uh, Twitch.tv/Chubrockeek, you can f- um, follow that channel and then follow the social medias, and we'll let you know when we're live. Um, I doubt we're gonna be able to do one this weekend. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't have anything going on, but we'll see how the week shakes out. Yeah, I don't know what time my like when my sister and nephews are leaving back to Missouri, so. That's why I'm, yeah. I'm leaving it up in the air. But again, like I said, follow us on our social medias because you'll know immediately as 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 we know. Um, but I'd really like to. I'd really like to get in there and, and have some fun with it. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, guys, it's going to do it. Join us again, like I said, this Friday for two movies. And that's it. <laughs> I don't think we have anything else. Um, it's been a crazy 2019 with entertainment. Uh, this is actually the second to last episode before, uh, this little side episode before the, uh, the beginning of the year. So we'll see, we'll see, uh, we'll see how 2020 shakes out. But guys, again, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. May the force be with you and take care, everybody.